God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank God you. bless you. Oh my goodness, all these Sundays, man, you're making me cry and so good. Man, like I'm sensitive, so this stuff gets to me. (laughs) It's great to be, uh, just to take this moment to worship and to give thanks. One of the things that I love about this church family is that it is a family. Uh, Even though we don't know everybody, um, we firmly believe that everybody should be known. And we work really, really, really hard to do our part to create a church environment, a healthy, spiritual church environment where people can be known. I may not know you personally. Danielle may not know you personally. Paul might not know you personally, but we work really, really hard to create an environment where you will be known (laughs) because God loves you and we love you. And we want you to take those steps to draw closer to God. Like our purpose statement that the founders of this church wrote 51 years ago is that Greenbelt would be a church where people would be drawn closer to God through Jesus Christ, through personal evangelism, ongoing discipleship, and nurturing relationships. Now, the methodology of that purpose looks different all the time. It looks different depending on the staffing structure. It looks different depending on the season of ministry that we're in. But the purpose stays the same, that we are drawing people to Jesus through personal evangelism. You are called to be the voice piece of God wherever you go to tell people the good news of Jesus. But in order to do that, you got to grow in your faith. There's this discipleship journey that you need to go on so you're not going out into the world and causing a whole bunch of damage everywhere that you go. And so we're all in this journey of ongoing discipleship. If you've been going to church for 70 years or seven hours, doesn't matter. We're all on this journey together. And we do this in personal, intimate relationships, nurturing relationships with one another. Because you're not called to do this alone. And so as we go into this season now, people are asking me, oh, okay, well, now with Danielle stepping down, how's this going to work? We're working on it. Okay, we're working on it. We're working on it. We needed more staff before Danielle's announcement. Okay, we were already working on adding to staff before Danielle's announcement. So now we need more. We're working on it. Please be praying for us as we're working through this. Please be praying for the church finances as we deal with this. There's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes that we really, really covet your prayers for as elders and deacons and and pastors here. So please be praying for us. Excuse me. So we are continuing today in our sermon series called The Way. And I love that Paul, when he, when we do that song, The Way, like that song, we sang that song. I don't know if you remember this, Paul, but when we had my ordination celebration, we had a whole bunch of worship leaders from across the city. You weren't on staff then. You came. We had Jason Yvonne Parks. We had Cam Dunn. We had this massive worship team here for my ordination celebration. And at the beginning of that celebration, I warned you, the congregation, it was going to be really loud because it was my party, not yours. (laughs) And I kind of like it. For me, worship music feels the best when there's a little bit of blood trickling from my ears and my chest is pounding with the bass. That's how I know the Holy Spirit is moving when I could feel the bass music. So I said, don't email me on Monday. Some of you did, but that's okay. I love you anyways. 
but we were sitting here and we, the room was packed and we were just singing that song the way and dancing and worshiping and remembering what Jesus has done for us. Right. And sometimes, and we all take different postures in that. And I get it. Some of us, our posture is this. And if that's where you are today, that's okay. And for some of us, our posture is this. And that's okay. For some of us, our posture is this. And that's okay. For others, our posture is this. <laughs> okay. And that's okay. Right. And Paul's like, Kevin, dance. And I'm like, that's not my posture yet, but we're working on it. Right. But this is the point of this series that we're doing of talking about abiding in Christ. It's this journey that you and I are on as we trust God to do a work in our lives so that you and I will bear much fruit. You see, Jesus didn't die for a church that is self-focused and self-absorbed in what the church gets. You see, Jesus died so that humanity could be restored to a perfect, holy God. That it wasn't God who separated himself from humanity, but it was humanity who chose to separate themselves from God because they wanted to be like God. And you and I can go, well, man, if I was Adam or if I was Eve, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been obedient in the Garden of Eden. I wouldn't have eaten of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of, you know, of good and evil. I would have been good. Problem is, you know you wouldn't. <laughs> I know I wouldn't have. So we can't just blame Adam and Eve for the mess that the world is in. We have to look at our own lives. And that's the point of abiding in Christ, is that doing the hard work of looking at our own faith journey of not just settling for a faith in Jesus that's fine. I say this all the time, right? Fine is the F word. You get it? (laughs) It's the F word. Fine is the F. Don't settle for a faith that is simply fine because Jesus wants so much more, but we need to abide in him. So we started this series off talking about what does it look like to abide? What is even fruit? When Jesus says that your life is going to bear much fruit, what is that? If you don't know what Jesus is trying to create in your life, you don't know what the target is. And we saw that fruit is eternal things, things that are going to last for eternity. And the things that are going to last for eternity are people's salvation, (laughs) that people will come into the kingdom and glory of God through their faith in Jesus Christ alone not by being religious, not by going to church, but by surrendering to Jesus. And you are a part of that work. You don't need to be on staff to be a part of that work. You just need to be a part of the church as a follower of Jesus. So you're going to bear that kind of fruit. You're also going to bear the characters, the characteristics of God, right? That the characteristics of God are eternal joy, peace, Hope, mercy, patience, self-control, all of these characteristics of God, you're going to grow in those things and those characteristics of God last forever. We also talked about some of the things that God wants to say to us as his church. We need to have ears and a heart that are open to listen to God. 
We don't just go to God in prayer, telling God everything I want, even though he tells us to do that. We also have to be still and just listen to God's response. Because God has a plan for everything that you're going through. Exactly like Paul just said, whatever fire you're dealing with, if you feel like you're drowning in something, God is there. But we need to listen for his voice. And so um, what we're going to be doing throughout this series, sometimes what we'll do on a Sunday is we'll get kind of really deep into a passage and unpack the passage. And other times it'll be a little bit more kind of like what I call like a discipleship training where we'll use a passage to help equip you to take a step further in your faith. Because again, that's what we're about as a church. We want, you know, we want to be leading people in knowing, living, and sharing Jesus. I don't want to just fill your head with knowledge and it doesn't go anywhere. Knowledge is a good thing. We want you to know Jesus, but then it starts to change how you live. It starts to change how you live. And then as God is changing how you live, then it begins to change how you share your faith in your family in your workplace, at your school, in your community, right? And so today's message is going to be a little bit more of one of those discipleship, discipleship training, we'll call this Sunday. And then you're going to talk more about this in your life group this week. If you're not in a life group, get in one. Download the Church Center app, find a group that meets. It's not too late to join one. There are groups that, that are, still have space available. Find one. And I was going to say, and if we have to create a new one, Danielle will create a new one. I go, no, she won't. <laughs> I will, I guess, on Monday. I'll, I'll help create the new one until we figure out kind of what we're doing with the staffing, okay, and get that finalized. But we want to make sure that everyone is in a group because that's how we care for one another and grow in our faith. So please get into one. Also, uh, we made resources available. If you haven't picked it up yet, we have like daily devotions. And I know some of you, like the whole concept of daily devotions is like, oh my goodness, are you insane daily? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not kind of in a spiritual habit of trying to grow in daily time with God, well, this is, this is your challenge time. Give it a shot. Try it. And if you don't do six days a week, that's okay. But if you got two done, that's great. If you got three done, just start to push yourself a little bit more so you can check that out. Okay? And you can get copies of that in the cafe if you didn't get one yet. <clears throat> so today what I want to do is I want to talk about a spiritual discipline to help us hear God more. Okay? And this spiritual discipline, in order to kind of set this up, I want to ask two questions. Okay, the first question I want to ask is this. I want you to just, that's not even a question. I just want you to do something. (laughs) I want you to think of the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life. Okay, don't shout it out. Just think about it. The greatest thing that has ever happened in your life. Maybe it was when you came to know Jesus. Okay, hopefully that's up there on the list. Okay, well, that's a, that's a gimme for Christians. Okay, maybe it was when you met your spouse. Maybe it's when a child was born. Maybe when you got a really amazing promotion at work. You found a wallet with a million dollars on the sidewalk. Whatever it was, what was the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life? Okay, think, try to think of it. And then hold on to that for a moment. And now what I want you to do is I want you to think of the flip side. What was the absolute worst thing that's ever happened to you? (laughs) Woo! It got heavy real fast. 
What is the absolute train wreck worst thing that has ever happened to you? And just cling on to that for a moment. Now, if you are like the average human being, and I'm generalizing here, I realize it. But if you are like the average human being, it was easier for you to think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you than the best thing that's ever happened to you. How many of you, it was actually easier to think of the worst thing? A little show of hands, a little confession time to one another, okay? The average human being remembers the bad and forgets the good. That's your Bible in a nutshell. <laughs> Is the people of God constantly remembering the bad and constantly forgetting about the good of God. So we're going to talk about a spiritual discipline that we don't tend to talk a lot about. And we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of journaling. Now, if you're following along in the way daily devotions every day, you will see already there's been a lot of things every single day about journaling. <laughs> and I get it. Journaling is not every Christian's cup of tea. So again, as part of my discipling of you today, if you already regularly journal, hopefully today will encourage you to get a little deeper into it. If you've tried journaling before and you didn't feel it worked, try again. You've all gotten a bad haircut before and you still cut your hair. Okay, I stole that joke from somebody else. That's not mine, okay? Just because it didn't work once doesn't mean it might not work again. And if you've never tried journaling, I want to challenge you to give it a shot. Because if you're sitting here going into this sermon series going, I desperately want something fresh and new from God, but I'm not willing to try and do something new and fresh. <laughs> I'm going to continue doing the exact same thing that I've always done, and expect God to do something different. Maybe God's going to challenge you. Why don't you try something different so you can actually hear me because I'm speaking all the time. You're just not listening. And so just by way of definition, when we, when we talk about journaling, I'm not talking about being like a religious monk and you got to spend three hours a day as a scribe by candlelight and making sure it's all perfect. I'm not talking about like kind of, you know, a dear diary and, you know, just kind of write and just kind of gossip about everybody and everything and put it under lock and hope your older brother doesn't find it. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, the Gospel Coalition actually on their website has a really good teaching about journaling, the spiritual discipline of journaling. And they define it as this. They say a spiritual journal, a journal is a tool for self-reflection that allows us to cooperate with the spirit to make sense of the deepening work he is doing in our soul. Oh, when I heard that definition, I, well, not heard it, when I read that on the internet, I was like, that spoke to me. Spiritual journey is a tool for self-reflection that allows us to cooperate with the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, to make sense of the deepening work the Holy Spirit is doing in our soul. 
And so why the Bible doesn't specifically call the church to journal, we can see many times in Scripture the idea of recording prayers, of recording personal life events, of reflecting on Scripture and other themes, which are what we do when we journal. We see many examples of this in the book of Psalms, in Nehemiah, Jeremiah, just to name a few. This is a spiritual discipline, quite honestly, that I've played with a lot. Some of these, I need to put a label on it that says burn upon death. (laughs) Because if anyone reads this, you'll be like, oh my goodness, poor Danielle. She was married to a total sociopath. She was married to this man who was completely bipolar, who was like, praising the Lord, hallelujah, one day, and like, I'm going to die the next. (laughs) Kind of sounds like some people we read about in the Bible, doesn't it? (laughs) Or the Apostle Paul, just, I just want to die and be with Jesus, but for your sake and the good of the gospel, I'm going to continue on, and I will praise the Lord. King David talked that way as well and wrote that way as well, right? And so these spiritual disciplines, man, there's a lot of these, okay? Get them at the dollar store now, burn through them. But so this is what I want to talk about. And to help us do this, what kind of soul work does the Holy Spirit want to do in our lives as we practice the spiritual discipline of journaling? I want to use the, the opening verses from Psalm 78. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn to Psalm 78. And I'm going to read just the first 11 verses. And then we'll, we'll pick this apart a little bit to see how God speaks to us, the things he wants to reveal to us, and how journaling as a discipline can help us hear what God is doing to um, make sense of the deepening work that the Holy Spirit is doing in our soul. So Psalm 78, starting in verse 1, says, My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable, and I will utter things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. They would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God whose spirits were not faithful to him. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, and they refused to live by his law. Excuse me. They forgot what he has done and the wonders he has shown them. In in the book of Psalms, kind of Bible nerd type people, we like to put things into categories, to kind of help us understand what we're reading, right? When you know what this psalm is, kind of in the category it fits in, it helps us in our interpretation 
of it and our understanding of it. And so this psalm, Psalm 78, is in the category of what's called wisdom psalms. The wisdom psalms. And so what the author is doing here in this psalm, and it's quite long, it goes all the way to verse 72. The author is recounting the, the, the history of Israel. He's recounting their history in order for the current reader to reflect on their behavior. Based off of this history lesson, how are you doing with your faith? That's what we do every Sunday when we open up the Bible. Based on the history, based on what this book reveals to us, we ask ourselves the tough question, how are we doing with our faith? Right? So in Psalm 78, it goes from the faithlessness of Israel where they didn't obey God, so they had to go wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And then it goes all the way to King David, a lot of history, from Moses to King David in just 72 verses. And it goes to David's faithfulness and his skill in guiding the kingdom. Right? A lot of history in 72 verses. And so the author, in this little introduction, in the first 11 verses, gives us a picture of how writing things down speaks to us. Now, again, just a disclaimer. I'm not saying your personal journal is the same as the Bible. Okay, like, don't, don't send me an email tomorrow saying, well, I can't believe you think your stack of books over there is just as important as the Bible. No, it's not. Right? But what we do is we learn the practice of listening to God through his word, journaling what he says and reminds me of because I have the very bad habit of forgetting what God tells me. Anyone else? Again, we're a church that we like to confess our sins to one another. <laughs> okay? Because you and I will focus on the fire, focus on the water, focus on the bad and forget about God's goodness. And those journals, in the bad days, remind me of God's faithfulness. And in the good days, make me feel even better when I can be reminded of these things. So, so the big idea that we're going to unpack together is this. Is the idea of spiritual journaling is that we write down what God says to you to remember how good God has been to you. We write down what God says to you to remember how good God has been to you. So three things that, you know, the, that we talk about in the way as, as you get deeper into the topic this week. And then from my own personal journaling experience, what we see in this psalm are three different things to, that I want to encourage you with to get into the discipline of journaling. And again, if you don't have a journal, I've got journals in the cafe. You can leave with one today, okay, to start this discipline. So the first thing that we can do to practice this discipline is we want to remember what he teaches. We want to remember what God teaches, right? In, in Psalm 78, verses 5 and 6, it says these, it says these words. So God, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. God commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them. 
the commands, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Right? See, now God is saying, reminding people that the reason we've got this is so that we can tell our children about this. And that's a good thing. What spiritual journaling does is it suddenly personalizes what you're learning from this. And then you can pass that along to your children and to your children's children. And it continues to guide our families, right? Journaling, what we learn from the Bible, helps to remember the personal touch of God when you were studying his word. Like so often on a Sunday morning, I'll be at the back or I'll be in the cafe and someone will come up to me and say, Kevin, that sermon today was just for me. And I go, praise be to God for that. Because actually the truth is it was actually just for me when I wrote it because I needed the reminder. And this is how the spirit of God works, that he touches you, he touches you, and he touches you, and he touches you. And the 200 people who come in and online and all the different people who come in and out of the ministry, for you, you got something different than the person sitting right beside you. From the same text, from the same command, from the same sermon, from the same teaching, right? But you got something from God which is very personal to you, write it down. Write it down. When God gives you something personal, why would you ever want to forget that? Right? And I think there's something important in our own families, in our own personal family faith history journey. That in the busyness of modern life and out of the respecting people's personal boundaries and personal space and personal opinions and all of these things, we do life even as a family where we don't share the deep moves of God with one another. Now, some families do. Not all do. I didn't grow up in a family where we did that. We didn't talk about faith growing up. No, 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 no. You just don't talk about that. We don't talk about government at the dinner table. No, 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 no. You just don't do that. And there's a third topic that we just don't ever, ever talk about. Religion, government, sex. Just don't talk about those things. And you wonder why the world is in such a mess when it comes to religion, government, sex. It's because we don't know how to talk to to our family about these things. Right? The people of Israel, they took the passing on of their faith to their children very seriously because it was a clear command of God. Right? From Deuteronomy chapter 6, I won't read it, but chapter 6, verses 6 to 9, you can read that these words that God commanded you today, they're going to be on your heart. They're not just in a book, they're in your heart. <laughs> You're going to teach them to your children. As you talk to your children, you're going to let your kids know what's on your heart about God. When you go for a walk, when you're walking hand in hand, when you lie down, when you wake up, when God speaks to you, we pass that on. It's a beautiful thing. And we get into the discipline of remembering it. 
Remember from the introduction that I gave you when I gave the definition of journaling, right? The point of the spiritual journaling is to partner with the Holy Spirit, right? We journal what the Holy Spirit is teaching us about God. We journal what the Holy Spirit is teaching us about ourselves, our situation. And then we're passed that on, whether it's to our families, whether it's to our children, whether it's to spiritual children that God brings into our lives, whatever it is, right? We get into the discipline of writing it down. Have you ever noticed on Sunday morning when I teach, I say, write this down? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand to see how many people do it. It's because that's the discipline I learned. Write this down. Because I don't want to forget it. I, don't, I didn't bring it up, but I've got a binder in my office that's about that thick. And it was my first five years as a Christian. And it's my notes from every sermon and every small group I attended for the first five years of following Jesus. That binder is precious to me. And I remember things that I learned 25, almost 30 years ago. I remember that because God gives, I give. I remember um, that I'm supposed to bring healing and refreshment to the world and not be stagnant. I remember, even if you're right, you're wrong if you're not humble. All these big ideas that I got from sermons and small groups, I wrote them down. And when I don't feel like being humble, I remember, oh, yeah, I wrote that down, be humble. When I don't want to be generous, I remember, oh, yeah, I wrote that down. God taught me this. It becomes this tool to meet with God, to remember what he teaches us. So that's the first thing we can do is we journal. We remember what he teaches us. The second thing that we see from Psalm 78 is this call to remember what God has done. Right in Psalm 78, verse 7, it says they put, uh, so then they would put their trust in God and they would not forget his deeds. Because then it talks about the opposite person in verse 11, who when they forgot what he had done, the wonders that he had shown them. Right? There's two type of people in this psalm. There's the people who remember what God does, and there's the people who forget what God does. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was to put myself into a spiritual category, I'd like to be in the category as a man who remembers what God does. I'd hate for my wife or my children to say, man, God has done amazing things in our family, but Kevin lives out his life like God isn't even real. I'd hate to be that guy. <laughs> or Kevin, why are you so miserable all the time? Don't you remember what God has done? <laughs> right? And sometimes we do need a little bit of a tool <laughs> to remember what God has done. <laughs> In my journals, I've got journals in here where some of the most amazing things that God has ever done in my life, I've journaled. And every once in a while, not every day, not every week, but every once in a while, I crack it open and I reread what God has done. And it's just like, how is that even humanly possible? And I go, oh, yeah, it isn't. It wasn't humanly possible. It was all God. And then it encourages me for the next thing. I also remember in, in my journal, and that's in the one that's, that's going to be labeled burn upon death, where there are some things that I've done that I'm not proud of. 
And I journaled the journey of God picking me up and cleaning me up. He slapped me around a little bit, but in the good godly way to restore me. And sometimes I need to be reminded of that. I don't just need to be reminded about all the ways God has blessed me. That's a great thing. But sometimes I need to know all the ways God has corrected me and guided me. Because I'll forget about it. And so I have the history of that written down. We've told our children how we came to Christ. They know our journey. They know how we've accepted Jesus. And we actually just, we had our kids over. Our kids are adults now. And we just found this out recently that our kids have told their friends how we came to Jesus. And I'm like, what? Yeah, but dad, remember you used to be, a, you know, you were drunk all the time and partying and da, 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 da. It's like, okay, we don't tell that to everybody. That's like private for my church and the internet. Okay. Like that was college. Okay. I did a lot of stupid things in college and go, yeah, but dad, but you were like that. And then now you're this. Or Danielle, you had this, and now you've got that. Like, it, it spurs our kids on, and they actually share those stories. And when we were sitting there, when they told us this, we we're like, "Man, don't you get anyone better to talk about?" And but this is the journey in your family. Your kids need to know your faith journey. If your faith is private and you don't talk about it, don't be surprised when they walk away from it. Show them the joys of God, what he teaches you, what he does for you. Pass that along, okay? And then this other thing that journaling does, and this is where it really helps me, and I've been talking about this already, is that we journal to remind ourselves to stay faithful. We journal to remind ourselves to stay faithful. Again, the opening of Psalm 78, again, it's going to go into this long history lesson comparing those who are faithful and those who are not faithful. And it says in verse 8, it says, they would not be like their ancestors, calling people to be faithful. Don't be like your ancestors, a stubborn, rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. Right? Remembering what he has taught us, remembering what he has done in our lives is an incredible tool to remind us to stay faithful. It's an incredible tool to remind us to stay faithful. Again, as we've been saying, it's easy to forget what God does. It's easy to be so focused on the difficulty. And honestly, in our abundant, more than enough culture, it's easy to get lost in our comfort and in our blessings as well. And forget what we should do with those comforts and blessings. Right? And so there's this call to faithfulness. And that's what we hope is going to be happening throughout the next several weeks, leading literally right up to Christmas Eve as we do this series. As you look at the topic at like a high level on Sunday morning, as you get deeper into the topic during the week in your life group, as you go through these topics daily in your own Bible reading, in your own journaling, I really, really hope, no, that's, not, that's the wrong word. I expect God's going to teach you something. Because you're not dead, you're not done. There's always room to grow. God's going to teach you something. God's going to remind you of something he's done for you. And that is going to spur you on to a new level of faithfulness. 
As Paul said, as we prayed, we believe as a church that God wants to use this church in ways that we can never ask or imagine. You see, we live in a day and a culture today that does not need a church that just huddles, sings some songs, have a Baptist potluck, and then go out into the world and be cranky and crusty Christians. The world does not need that. The world needs people, men, women, boys and girls, no matter your age, no matter how long you've been following him. The world needs followers of Jesus who are abiding in him, that are listening to his voice, that are being obedient to his teaching, that are trusting in the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can be used by God not to point out the sins of the world because the world already knows their sin, but to point them to a God who loves them. To point them to a God who died for them. That Jesus came, as we read about in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but they will have everlasting life. And then John 3.17, because the son didn't come to condemn the world, because in their sin they were condemned already. But he came to save them. And that's the mission of the church. That's the voice that we listen to. And maybe you're here today and this idea that God loves you so much that he died for you, that's actually new. Maybe you think the purpose of the church is to condemn you. And if you feel that way, I I get it. That's how I grew up. I grew up thinking God hated me. I grew up thinking the church hated me. Because they kind of treated me like they did. And if that's your story, I'm so sorry. But that's not who God is. Don't judge Jesus based on some of the people you meet. Trust Jesus by what you read about him in your Bible. So read it. There's your challenge. Don't just trust YouTube to tell you what this says. Read it. Let the spirit of God that wrote this word speak to your heart, right? That God loves you. And you can be made right with God by simply believing in the son of God who died for your sin. Of turning from your sin and turning to him. If you do that, even today, church online, here in the room, you do that, you pray real simply, Father, forgive me a sinner. You're in. You're forgiven. Tell me about that in the cafe afterwards if you do that today. And then for the rest of us, you're on a journey. You're on a journey to bear much fruit. You're on a journey to bear much fruit. You're part of the work of this church. If God is calling you to be a part of this church family, you are a part of our purpose to draw people closer to God through Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that through personal evangelism. Yeah, you. (laughs) You're going to tell people about Jesus. But I'm going to make sure that we are doing ongoing discipleship, that we discipleship you well. We disciple you well to do it. And then we're going to plug you into meaningful relationships with one another. And we're going to trust what God teaches us. So practice this discipline this week. Try something new if you've never done this. If God taught you something today, write it down. 
write it down. Don't forget it. If God reminded you of something today that he has done in your past, write it down. Don't forget it. And then write yourself a note. God, no matter what happens in my life, I will remain faithful to you because you are good. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word and the reminder of the history of the people of God. For sometimes they were faithful and sometimes they were far, far, far from faithful. And God, that just reminds me about my own life where sometimes I'm faithful and sometimes there are little things going on in my heart that are far, far, far from faithful. And so God, I'm grateful for how you teach us, for how you remind us and how you guide us through the spiritual discipline of spiritual journaling. God, for those that this might be a new discipline, Lord, I pray that you would give them the tools to do it. Give them the patience. Give them a pen that works. Nothing's more frustrating than when the enemy makes every pen in our house be out of ink. So we cast that out in Jesus' name so that we can listen to you and write down what you reveal. For those of us who have been journaling for a while, God, build that discipline in us afresh. Speak in new ways. Bring to mind something we've written in the past to encourage us even this week. Bring something that we've written in the past to encourage our children, to encourage our children's children, to encourage our co-workers at work, to encourage our friends. And so, Lord, I pray that this week, as we practice this discipline, as we talk about it in our life group, Lord, I know that you want to speak. Just help us to listen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.